The following message contains a special offer for listeners of this station. Are you a man over 40? Are you constantly looking for the nearest bathroom? Do you wake up multiple times a night to use the bathroom? Right now, Perfect Prostate is sending out free bottles of their groundbreaking new formula to listeners of this station. Perfect Prostate formula was developed by medical doctor Mitchell Fleischer, and its ingredients have been clinically studied to reduce your frequent nighttime bathroom visits and promote healthy urine flow. Right now, preferred customers get their first bottle of Perfect Prostate absolutely free. There's nothing to lose. Perfect Prostate is guaranteed to reduce that constant urge to use the bathroom, especially at night, and promote healthy urine flow. Don't wait. Call now for your free bottle. Just pay shipping and processing. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. Supplies are limited. One free bottle per household. Call now. Dial 1-800-675-0251. That's 1-800-675-0251. All writers are prone to becoming so attached to our characters and stories that we struggle to see why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our writing to full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable writers to develop and grow, shaping stories into masterpieces that can stand the test of time. Editing services are provided for all genres and all age categories. Services range from the critique of the short story through to line edits on full-length novels. We also offer assistance on generating writer's bios for your websites. We won't abandon you to the masses. We want to celebrate with you in your successes. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your writing into maturity. For a full list of services and prices, visit us at blackwolfeditorial.com. As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make. At St. Jude, a family never sees a bill at all. It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. The treatment doesn't get any better than what you receive at St. Jude. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. The world around us is an amazing place filled with beauty and with science. But let's face it, sometimes the science can be so confusing that it takes a PhD to understand it. Well, you're in luck. I just happen to have a PhD. Come and take a seat. Perhaps I can explain the world around us in a way we all can understand. Welcome to Conversations in Science. I'm Dr. Judy L. Moore. Call me Doc. Well, welcome back. It is another episode of Conversations in Science. I am Dr. Judy L. Moore, and I do actually have a PhD. For those of you who are new to the show, the way it works is I bring up a topic about science, and I explain it in a way that everyone can understand. But I also have my producer, Jessie Sanders, floating around here somewhere, and her job is to make sure I don't go too technical. What's up, Doc? <laughs> Hello. Right. Over the last several episodes, we've been talking about how science has actually just been explored and various different things. But I thought we might deviate a little bit today hey, and Doc? talk about science fiction. Hey, Doc. Yeah. No earthquakes today, right? No more Mother yeah. Nature parts? No, no. I don't want any more earthquakes. We are still getting a few 
little aftershocks here and there, but they sort of feel like buses have gone over the the road and sort of vibrating through the house. But so yeah, hopefully no aftershocks. No more. No, no more. Okay. <laughs> Just had to check there, Doc. Okay. Science fiction. Do you know what's coming out very, very soon in the cinemas? Rogue One? Yeah. Rogue One. Another Star Wars film. Hey, I'm a science geek. I'm looking forward to it. I love watching the space battles. But there's something about Star Wars and Star Trek that is just a little bit off when it comes to the science. And that's the weapons. <laughs> really, Doc? We all... What was that? Really? Those... Yeah. Now, all those weapons are fake? No, not all of them. Okay, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the laser cannons? Lightsabers. Oh, the lightsabers. Okay, we'll start with the lightsabers. Lightsabers, are, of course, are only in Star Wars, but sorry, guys, lightsabers, they don't exist, and they're never going to exist. We can break this down in little bits and pieces. In the movies, a lightsaber is literally just this small little handheld device that suddenly extracts a laser beam that's about, I don't know, one to two yards in length, depending on the design of the the, uh, lightsaber. But you can see it in the movie very clearly. Yeah, no, lasers are light. Unless the light is going to interact with something around it, like dust or some other confining thing, you're not going to see it. So we're never going to see a lightsaber like that in the first place. Okay, wait not a minute, that, Doc. Wait yes? a minute. I've got a little red quote-unquote laser pointer I play with my cat with. But can you see the beam? I don't you really... can probably see where it hits on the wall or on the floor, but think... you're not going to be able to see the beam. I think the cat can see the beam, but I'm not sure. No, even the cat won't be able to see the beam. The, the light, the speed of which light moves is so fast that our eyes cannot actually detect it. Now, if you were able to take a long exposure image, so you go through and you take a camera and you have its aperture constantly open and always looking at that one spot, then you might be able to pick it up in your digital camera or your film camera if you have the technology that goes back to film. But you won't see it in fast time because our eyes just do not process it enough. We don't see it. What we see is what has been reflected onto a surface. If I think about the sunlight coming in through my window, the morning sunlight, sometimes I can actually see it in streaks coming through, but it's because it's picking up the dust particles in the air and it's reflecting off of those dust particles. Is that why I thought I saw the laser when I was playing with a cat when I'd been moving boxes around in the garage and it was really dusty? Exactly. You've got something in the air, something in the path of the beam that the light has been reflected off of. And as a consequence, that's what you see. Okay, that kind of makes sense, Doc. But I can never have my lightsaber. No, 
let's think about this from the next level of the lightsaber where the lightsaber is just not going to happen. Say, for some miracle, you manage to generate enough of a beam so incredibly strong that you have that one to two yard or meters length light, okay? Now, what's depicted in the movie is this laser that is so powerful, so strong that it can cut through metal. Well, those do exist. We do have those. But you're not going to have a finite length of a beam. It has to be stopped by something eventually, or it's going to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep cutting through everything until it gets stopped. Yeah, I'm sorry. Lightsaber, if you're going to have a battle on a spaceship in the middle of the, you know, in space, and you have this beam that hasn't been stopped by anything, aren't you going to be cutting through the deck in the hull of the ship? And you're just going to create a hole and then kaboom. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun, Doc. That really (laughs) doesn't sound fun. Yeah, sorry. There are just too many things that are wrong with the lightsaber. Yeah, we're going to leave that one in fiction. Lightsaber, no. Well, it's still cool to think about. It is cool to think about, but lightsaber... No. Fiction. Well, I'm still going to play with my cat with the little red laser pointer. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I like playing with the cats and laser pointers, and it's quite fun to do with it. So much fun. Now, what about those photon torpedoes? Okay. The photon torpedo, per se, no. Because of what they are. But the phasers or... The laser cannons that you get in Star Wars? Yes. In fact... Really? They already exist. Okay, so why can we have a laser cannon, but not a handheld lightsaber? Okay, the laser cannon, basically what it is, is it's a continuous beam of light, or a pulsating beam of light, that... Basically, it takes everything out on the way through until it gets stopped. That's where the, that's really where the, the lightsaber is going completely wrong. Once it is out there, you can't stop the light until it hits something. It has to have something for interaction. Or you're going to destroy everything in the way. Now, these laser systems that we really do have... The first one that was publicly announced in total existence was actually in 2014. It was installed on the USS Ponce, and they called it LAWS, L-A-W-S. Not a very imaginative acronym, because what it stands for is Laser Weapon System. Not very imaginative. The military is not very imaginative, Doc. They're amusing, but not imaginative. (laughs) But if you actually do a Google search and you type up laser cannon, it's going to be one of the first things that you're going to find on Google is YouTube videos that have been released by the U.S. Navy of the, the laws system on the USS Ponce in practice. They're actually showing you the full system of what it looks like, what the how they are firing it, all these other bits and pieces, and their test systems that they've destroyed, 
and it has effectively blown up a life raft. <laughs> not a big thing. I think but it also hey, took that's out not a what drone. it was designed for. I think it also took out a drone. Hang on, I'm, I actually did the. Google it did. Search. It took out a UAV as well, and that's but that is what it was primarily designed for. The LAWS system was intended for an engagement on UAVs and other small sort of surveillance type boats when they're out and about and in the ocean. It is still, as far as I can tell from my little bit of research, it is still installed on the USS Ponce. They haven't taken it off and they are doing more and more testing with it. So they installed it on the USS Ponce in 2014 and it's still there. So that's pretty cool. Since then, you've actually had other systems that have been designed including ones that have been designed for the Royal British Navy. So that's actually pretty cool. We're now getting more and more of these laser systems, these laser cannons being used. But we also have laser rifles that already exist as well. Again, if you do a bit of a Google search for a laser rifle, you will find a YouTube video from a gun enthusiast that was actually comparing the laser rifle back in 2013 to that of a real, um, the live ammunition gun. And the laser rifle effectively took out a balloon. Never mind, it took several seconds for it to take out the balloon, but it effectively took out a balloon. I don't know if the weapon has progressed to the point where it can actually be used in the field as an effective weapon, but the fact that we had these weapons existing back in 2014 is promise that we will eventually one day get that laser rifle, or for that matter, the handheld pistol, the one that Han Solo holds in Star Wars, as well as the ones that are in Star Trek, the little phaser things that they've got for their hands. You know, we will eventually one day have those. The issue that we've got at the moment with them is actually power generation. The amount of power that it takes to create a laser that is strong enough to cut through anything is phenomenal. You have a huge amount of power requirement. You have something in the order of, okay, Let's take a bit of a step back. We have laser cutting technology. We use at the moment now within our machining of metals and bits and pieces. We use lasers to cut the metal. Known technology, we use it all the time. However, to cut through Doc. 6.4 mil, yes. They also use lasers sometimes to do things like etch writing on glass bottles and things like that. Because I actually ordered a specially engraved glass bottle for a friend of mine for the holidays. Yeah. We use this laser technology for a lot of things. We also use it for um, shaping of eyes. Um, If you are... Say you've got your, your LASIK stuff. It's... You're wanting to cut away part of your lens on your eyeball to improve your vision. They will actually use a a laser. It's a very finely tuned laser. But here's the thing. To cut through a 6.4 millimeter thickness of plywood, now that is only a quarter of an inch. The laser that you use to cut through a quarter of an inch of plywood has to have 
650 watts of power. Okay, Doc, how many light bulbs is that? How many One 50? light bulb is, on average, 50? 40 to 60 watts. Okay, so if we go with 50 watt light bulbs, you said it had to be 650 watts? Yep, 650 watts. So you're talking, what, 11? No, my brain's gone gone, gone half asleep. <laughs> Basically, you're talking somewhere between 11 and 12 light bulbs, maybe 13. That's a lot of light bulbs, Doc. It is. And, and I don't want to thing. carry around laser that many surgery. Light bulbs. Yeah, Laser surgery. So this is the one for the LASIK we use for the eyes. It's a 1,000-watt laser minimum. Okay, so that's even more light bulbs. Wow. So can you imagine the amount of power that is required just for the current existing laser cutting technology, the laser rifles that we currently have, and the laser cannon that we currently have? That's going to be a lot of power that's needed. Yeah, no kidding, Just, Doc. But there is hope. I mean, think about our cell phones. The amount of power that comes off of our cell phones and off tablets these days, it's actually pretty impressive. We've managed to increase our technology and our understanding of power usage such that we can have pretty powerful devices running very minimal power requirements. I have a nickname for my, my cell phone, Doc. Okay, what's your nickname for your cell phone? You'll, you'll like this one. Pocket computer. <laughs> yeah, it is a pocket computer unless you have a cell phone like my one, which is not really a smartphone. It's more of a dumb phone, but yeah. Um, now, I got the latest iPhone. Though, I got the latest iPhone, Doc. <laughs> but even the cell phones nowadays... The power on them, the power usage is such that the phones are lasting a good week before you have to charge them again. Yeah, right. Mine doesn't make it through 24 hours, Doc. Yeah, but you're always on it, so that's a different story. (laughs) Well, true. I'm either calling somebody or texting somebody or chasing down something for somebody or doing something. But you still get through most of the day. I get doing quite a bit of stuff on hours. your phone. I get about 16 hours. Yeah. So if we have progressed to that level of technology that we're able to do that now, give it another 20 years and we will probably have the power generation issue solved and we'll be able to have these laser weapons handheld rather than these big massive things requiring a massive generator on the back end of it. We'll get there. We will get there. But lightsabers, sorry, as much as you want to to believe it. Now, before I get carried away, there are going to be people out there that says, well, hang on, if I do a search for a real lightsaber, I'm going to come across a whole bunch of videos on YouTube where people have created a real lightsaber. Yeah, no, take a good look at what they've created, guys. Most of them they have fire. actually created. What they've actually created is a glorified, a glorified blowtorch. Yeah, I took a look at a couple of them when we were doing the show prep for this doc. A lot of them, yeah. were were just blowtorches, handheld blowtorches with sound effects. Yeah, that's all they are. They're neat. That is all. They they are neat. I will I will gladly admit that it is pretty cool. But it's just a glorified 
blowtorch. That's all it is. And yes, with with the blowtorch, you can actually create a flame that is a nice long stream, and hence you can see it, and it will have a finite effect on the light. Lightsaber? No. No, 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 no. Not going to work. Not going to happen. It defies what we understand of science. And yes, okay, there's going to be people out there going, but the Metachlorians. No, sorry. Metachlorians are science fiction. (laughs) They're not real people. All right. So put aside my wish for a real lightsaber and go for a a laser pistol. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Laser pistol. And, And I would actually be more inclined to actually want the design that was in Star Trek. Not the ones that are in Star Wars. Because the ones that are in Star Wars looks like actual guns and you have to trigger. They've got a finger trigger. Where the ones that were in Star Trek are more... It's it's like a touchpad with a thumb and you sort of press a button with your thumb. I'd rather Much have nicer. the one like Star Trek, the gun shape. I like Yeah. Oh, Remember you want Doc? the Star Trek one. The Star Wars one with the gun. I want the, I want the gun shape one. Remember, Doc... I'm a shooter. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'll take the one from Star Trek. Maybe they'll make both. <laughs> yeah, and ones from Star Trek have got the ability to have different strengths of lasers so you can just stun people rather than kill them or to disintegrate them. <laughs> I have a feeling there would be different strengths no matter which version they make. <laughs> yeah, they probably will. Okay, now, are there any of the other weapons that I seem to have forgotten I'm sure there are, Doc, but okay, so we've discussed photon torpedoes and laser cannons and laser rifles and laser pistols and lightsabers. We we didn't really talk about the photon torpedoes. The The photon torpedo that's in Star Trek, what it actually is, if you watch a Star Trek film, they've actually loaded a proper torpedo into a torpedo bay... And then they fired this thing off, and it went kaboom at the other end. It is basically, from what I can tell within the science fiction realm, is they've created this weapon that is a proper explosive, but instead of it generating more kaboom, it generates more of this sudden burst of light, so it becomes a bit more, instead of a nuclear bomb, Because that's probably what they're generating is something in the order of the power and destructive force of a nuclear bomb. They're generating something that has light and hence decreases the amount of harmful radiation after the fact. Does that make sense? Yeah, it kind of does. Kind of, Doc. Kind of. I think it's based on the weapons of the stun grenades that you get. Because they're like flash bombs, and they're like flash flash of light. Flash bangs, Doc. Oh, sorry. (laughs) And they put out... They're still flashes of light, and they're going to cause you to just suddenly pause. Because if you get suddenly blinded, you are going to pause. And I think that's what they're based on. What a flashbang does, Doc, it puts out a large concussion wave and a big burst of light. It's not a harmful level of concussion, though, but it's enough to disorient you. So my guess is that the photon torpedo, if they ever built something, 
would be exactly like one of those, but on a much larger scale. That would be my guess. But we're talking science fiction here. Who knows what they're going to build? <laughs> okay. Was you there never any know. other weapons? I'm struggling to think. We've got the lightsaber. We've done the laser pistols. We've done the laser rifles. We talked about the laser cannons. We've talked about the photon torpedoes. We've talked about the phases from Star Trek. I think we've got them all. Oh, and we've, yeah, we've talked about the lightsaber. I think we've got them. I'm double checking with the quick wiki. There's a Wikipedia <laughs> page just for Star Wars weapons. So I'm going through that one real quick. <laughs> we talked about the blasters, they call it. That's the laser pistol. Or yes. rifle stormtroopers yes. use. And we've talked about the lightsaber, the ray gun. Um, yes. I assume force choking is out. Yeah, no, sorry. That's probably a good <laughs> thing. That's probably a good thing. Okay. Right. Well, while you are still looking through all the other bits and pieces, why I'm going to mention something. For those of you who are following my blog or have actually paid attention to some of the other bits and pieces that have gone through and have listened to previous episodes of Conversations in Science, you'll know that we've got a special live episode coming up of Conversations in Science where we are going to talk about Star Wars and Star Trek. It is going to be a wonderful debate because I can guarantee there are lots of Star Wars nuts out there as well as lots of Star Trek fans and you know that sometimes the two worlds just do not agree it's going to be fun this is going to take place on Saturday the December the 17th at 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. and that's on Eastern Time uh, on my personal website, I do have a conversion for those who are in New Zealand because I'm in New Zealand, so I had to actually know what that conversion was. And if you are wanting to take part in this debate yourself, the information of where and the numbers that you can call and the Skype ID that you can call into is actually on the KLRN radio website. It's under upcoming special events. And I think yes, it's so cool. It I can't wait for it. <laughs> and it's going to be so much fun. The phone in number, and this is for the 17th, is going to be 405-200-1715. And the Skype ID, please, audio only, video just drags down the whole system, is KLRN Radio, all one word. And Alternatively, you can join us in the chat room that's actually on the KLRN Radio website as well, because I will be in there. I just may not be able to keep track of what's going on, but that's why we have Jessie around, because she's very good at multitasking. <laughs> I'm recruiting a few helpers for this one, Doc. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. All right. Unless you have any other questions about any of the other weapons that are in Star Wars I or Star Trek. I assume the Batliff that the Klingons use is definitely, since it's not even, a, it's a low-tech weapon, is definitely a reality. It's a, it's a knife. It's a, it's a sword type thing. That is a definite. That, those exist. They're already there. <laughs> Just had to bring up a low-tech one to see what you'd say, Doc. Come on. <laughs> They're really quite 
quite cool weapons, I have to admit. They are pretty cool. Okay, so I think we're going to bring this episode to a close. I will see you guys all on December the 17th. I'm looking forward to it. Well, that brings us to an end of another Conversations in Science. If you have any questions about science and about some of the world around us, feel free to drop me a line. I'm on Twitter, and you can find me at Judy L. Moore. Or you can look me up on Facebook, Judy L. Moore. Or you can drop me a line on my personal website, JudyLmore.com. I think you're seeing the pattern here. Then, of course, if you are interested in some of the other projects I do, which is the writing and editing, feel free to check me out on blackwolfeditorial.com. But then, of course, don't forget, if you are wanting more information about the science, you can also contact us at the station with the email of science at klrnradio.com. Then, of course, there's my cohort that keeps going through and popping up. You mean me, Doc? Well, for anybody who wants to track me down... You can find me on Twitter at Jesse's POV. And you can also drop me a line at the station at Jesse's POV at KLRNRadio.com. Bye, guys. Bye.